Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's uh, one day now, about, um, what, 28 hours until the start of the NBA's bubble season, the seeding games, as they are being called uh, by the league, joined by Brent Bloom. What's up, man? Ready to get the start up. I'm ready to get this fired the, up, dude. I'm ready for basketball. 17 other NBA fans in Iowa are ready to go, too. <laughs> I've heard from them all. You've heard from all of them. You've all seventeen. Uh, we should have conducted a a club meeting. Well, this this is almost a. I think they call it a quorum. There's two of us here, and we assume the other seventeen will be listening. So basically, is we're basically like the co-chairs of the of the seventeen or nineteen people 19. Uh, person group. Um, but no, man, I'm excited, dude. It's been uh, as of tomorrow. It will have been 141 days since March 11th when the season was put on hold. So more than, I mean, or almost half of a year uh, without basketball. And uh, I don't know about you. I haven't watched any of the the exhibition games. I'm not interested in that stuff. Uh, I'm ready to see these games count, and uh, I'm ready to see these guys get back to playing the game. I, I haven't watched a lot of it, Jared. But what I have watched, um, I have been. Very impressed by the presentation. I was worried of it would be weird with no fans. Obviously, it's a concern. Baseball, it just it's strange. If you're watching a baseball game, it's just very odd. Mm-hmm. It's nobody in the stands in these cavernous stadiums. The NBA, it's not normal. It's not, it's not normal, I would say, but it is really close. And they've done a really good job of making it that seem like it doesn't feel as off as baseball does. Uh, some sports tra- have translated a lot better. And I think basketball, when the playoffs get going, you'll notice it a little bit, but it won't be nearly as strange as baseball is. So I, I think I'm, that part I was concerned about, but is after watching a couple of the, the scrimmages, I'm not as concerned, which is great. Yeah, it, I, was watching, um, I was watching the highlights from the, the Dodgers and Astros game last <laughs> night. Uh, and the, it's just weird, the sound of the bat in those big – uh, those big stadiums, how uh, how much the bat echoes, the ball off the bat yeah. echoes. Uh, and I was like, man, this it's like batting practice all the time, you know. And, and it's, there's so much dead time in baseball that you have time to ponder how much this is weird. Right. Where in basketball, they're moving nonstop. Like, and and they, they've done enough with the backdrop that you can't see the empty stadium. Like, you see the benches, you see the scores table, and you see the, I mean, the, the, the electronic presentation is going to be really cool. I think the things they can do with that, and they can pipe in enough basketball ambient noise that it's not going to be weird. Or baseball, it's just like you're completely disoriented watching a game. I think, I think the NBA is in a really good spot from, from that point of view. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you watched any of the WNBA games yep. over the weekend. And I, yep. So all right, I'll just say my, we, we each have five things that we're excited to, to see from the bubble. And, um, the first one for me is uh, is getting a new perspective on the intensity levels of the games without fans, uh, and I, and that was something that I and, and this kind of can play into this too. What, what I was going to say about the WNBA is in those gyms because they're so much smaller, the shooting I think has really suffered. So I'm interested to see if that plays in with the NBA as well. Um, but I think especially once we get to the playoffs, you know, 
you think about the atmospheres that they play in during the, the playoffs. You think about what it was like at Oracle Arena for some of those games or in Toronto or Cleveland, yeah. wherever it's been for some of those finals games these last couple of years. I mean, they're almost like college atmospheres, you know, and like it's not hard to be a basketball player and you get out on the floor and you start to hear that noise and to get fired up and get yourself fired up. And that's what I think will be kind of cool is that these teams is – I think that the best teams are going to be the ones that can figure out ways to create their own energy and create that own hype, like that hype inside of yourself to, and to hype each other up to where then you're not, uh, you know, you're not even noticing that the crowd's not there. If that makes sense. No, I think it does. And I think that's, I, once, once we get into the playoffs and it gets heated between the teams and the rivalries naturally come together I think the lack of fans in the atmosphere will be secondary because the storylines that will emerge from these games will be enough. And those guys get so invested in the outcome. And there's so many storylines that, you know, we'll, we'll discuss here that I, I, I don't, I'm not worried about that part of it at all. I mean, I think if it's a random regular season game, it'd be strange and be hard to get up for. But once you start knocking heads and you get into these seven game series, it's going to be different, but it's also going to feel like, man, now we're just talking about basketball, which mm-hmm. is which is great. Yeah, and I, I think it honestly, especially once they get into the seven-game series, it creates more opportunities for tensions to rise, yes. I think, uh, just because, again, like these, these guys have to bring their own energy. And, and in that sense, it's like – and they'll be able to hear each other better yeah. than they probably ever could before. That was something that I thought was interesting that Brad Stevens said, uh, maybe after their first scrimmage game that they played, they played against Oklahoma city. And he talked about how that they are a generally quiet team, which in the NBA, like, you know, there are guys out there who talk and, you know, I, I remember I sent you the video of Kevin Garnett talking about how yeah. Gary Payton could control a game with his voice. Right. Um, and he was talking about how Chris Paul can do that and he can control the entire game, every aspect of the game with his voice. Uh, and, and that will be interesting for us as viewers, I think, where we'll get a better understanding of that and how, um, how these guys communicate, how they see the game and communicate the game to each other uh, in a way that we normally can't hear because of the, the crowd noise and, um, and it, they don't have the microphone set up in the way that it's like you can understand it. Yeah, and I think a, a part of that for me too is – you know, what, what will the networks show? Mm-hmm. You know, what can they show? What will the NBA allow them to show and pick up audio-wise? And will there be a delay? I know there has to be some delay. You can't, you can't have, you know, a bunch of MFs out there on, on broadcast television, but you're going to hear – you can hear a lot more. And, you know, what baseball's done, and I don't necessarily agree with, is they're trying to disrupt the natural talking back and forth with just piped in noise – um, and we'll see how, how much they'll allow you to hear the inner workings. I think it would be beneficial if they allow it, but I also know they're very cognizant of protecting yeah. the brand, so to speak. So that, that'll be a fascinating. I think the media coverage will also be a, an interesting thing to watch. We learned during the last dance that w- w- everything's fair game apparently on ESPN. So uh, <laughs> I, I, that's where it's like, I, I don't know. What, what do you got? What's your, your first So I, I went, I mean, mainly just – basketball based and so number five for me is I'm, I'm looking forward to the magic disappointing me again because uh, i know it's like it's going to happen so yeah well i mean uh, how well how high can your expectations be to really get disappointed right that's why they're number five for me too it's like oh i guess the magic are gonna be in the playoffs but they're also 
the only one and done and they're the magic and i i don't i don't know exactly the direction they're headed but i mean i kind of get jonathan isaacs looked okay in the scrimmages which is nice and apparently mo bamba's added 20 pounds since the pandemic just like how do you how do you how do you add 20 pounds since the pandemic but i guess you're mo bamba who's just been eating nonstop. uh but I, they just don't have enough i don't I'll frustratingly watch them every game lose to the Bucks in five, probably. But but they'll make it. And I guess yeah. that's two years in a row that they've made the playoffs. I just as a as a Magic fan and somebody who worked there, I don't understand exactly the direction. I think Isaac's gonna be very good, but your guard court revolves around Augustine and Fournier and Terrence Ross out of the bench. Like I just I need a little bit more. Yeah, and I think that um the worst position to be in, in especially in the NBA, is to be mediocre. Yes. You know? And, and that's what they are. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, because they're going to make the playoffs, and then they'll get, like, the 16th pick. And, yep. you know, this is a not a very good draft. You know, it's, it's, it's top-heavy. And so that's where it's like, who knows what you're going to get at number 16. And I'm not saying that – I'm not – I'm definitely not trying to – promote tanking or anything like no. that like but but it's like the there's no direction there and it's not like a gradual incline where you uh are like or like escalation where you're adding pieces they just like end up with one good piece and then they get another piece and then it's like but these pieces don't really even fit together and it's yeah. like and it, it's hard to understand 10 years running that they just are kind of in a nonsensical direction i, I think isaac's a good piece Mobamba has not done anything for me the, the kid they drafted uh, out of Auburn last year didn't even play because of the ACL. Yeah. So I just – I don't know. I don't know where they're headed. And when your best or most reliable guard player is uh, DJ Augustine, then sorry. Uh, all right. So my next one is uh, – it's kind of two-parted, but it's old head LeBron willing his team with the gray beard. LeBron yeah. is, is officially uh, it's starting to show his age uh, after 17 years in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, and then on the same thing with the Lakers, it's uh, it's J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters, uh, two guys who are, were basically out of the league, and it looked like there was going to be a really difficult path for either one of them to get back into the league, fighting for their future in basketball. Crazy that LeBron is in this spot. And it's also crazy to me, Jared, that I'm three months older than LeBron. So I think I, think I might get ID before he does with that gray beard. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think, think so. I, I had them, I mean, to be quite frank, and we'll get more details, but LeBron's my number one of this whole thing. Yeah. Like it's it, the, the bubble playoff is him. This is his story. I firmly believe that. And when you throw in the push for another ring, people didn't know he could do it in the West. Um, they're clearly the favorite, I think, at least based on Vegas right now. Mm-hmm. And you throw in the Jordan documentary coming on the heels between the time this thing shut down to the bubble restart. And now it's going to be the Jordan comparisons and LeBron's running out of time. Now he seems like a robot that is never going to get older and he's played great this year. He should finish second in the MVP to Giannis, but he's, he can't do this forever. And with this team, I know AD's young, but those other guys are, is that enough of a complimentary cast to get him over the hump. We'll see. We'll see. But LeBron to me is, you know, 
the major storyline, not for necessarily the basketball aficionados, but I think that is what will draw the major stories and ratings this time around. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we can talk about his supporting cast first, and then we can talk about him a little bit more later. But when you look at look at this roster with, uh, you know, you lose Avery Bradley, you'll get Rajon Rondo back later, uh, closer to September. Um, but when you've got Waiters, who was at one time a top five pick, I think, and has just been the the – uh, not amicable separation between him no. and LeBron the first time around in Cleveland. Uh, and then you got Jr. and everything that happened between him and LeBron in Cleveland. Um, but you got those two. And then you've got Caruso, who I think is, has been absolutely awesome for them yeah. all season yeah. long. And, but with JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, all these guys, like the roster you look at, and it's like, man, this is just a bunch of misfits, kind of. I mean, it's, Dwight it's, Howard was borderline, like, about to get forced out of the league. The other – we I mentioned the other two. Caruso was someone that, like, everybody's like, don't even know who what this guy is. Um, Rondo, like, Rondo's bounced around ever since uh, yeah. he left Boston. Um, and then, really, it's Anthony Davis and LeBron. But yeah. uh, it's, Kuzma's it, been, you know, at yeah, times. Yeah, and yeah. Kuzma. Um, but it's just like – you look at this team and it's just so weird, but at the same time, I'd look at it compared to those Cleveland teams that he was on. Right. Oh, it's, it's, it's not even, I mean, it's not even close. And that even when he did have two other quote unquote stars, I mean, Kyrie was a bona fide star and then Kevin Love kind of regressed a little bit from where he was in Minnesota, but like everybody else on the team was just a bunch of goofballs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> really? I mean, what he did that, title in cleveland is unbelievable the, even the, as miami teams yeah like yeah after Looking after the back, big three i mean for sure they were running like joel anthony out there for game <laughs> five of the nba finals you right. know right. uh udonis haslam on 30 percent, whatever he had left oh um, hey ud's still in the league man is he yeah he's still with the heat i think i think he's gonna retire after this season oh my gosh well i forgot i've long, largely forgot about Jamal Crawford hopped in and, and replaced yeah. him as the oldest <laughs> right. player in the NBA. Right? No, I think that cast is just – it's going to be strange. And I, I don't know if it's enough for LeBron, but, man, they're, they will have drama. Yeah. Guaranteed. Because with all those guys, you're going to have something weird happen. And it could all melt down quickly. Like, I, look, Dwight's already – forgetting to wear masks and causing problems. And, no, I don't know that forgetting is what Dwight is doing, but yes, he's not wearing a mask. <laughs> and JR, spending JR's, too much time at the pool. Yeah. JR's already been discouraged to stop posting. Like they're, they're going to get into some sort of weird controversy guaranteed and it's going to be dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, one of my number, my number four, I put down is um, the Blazers Grizzlies battle. Yes. I think this will be really interesting. Because I think everyone's kind of crowning right now the Blazers as like their surprise team. And I don't I don't even know if they're gonna get into the playoffs. Right. Like they're they're a couple games back of of the Grizzlies. And I think that format will be interesting. I think it's gonna be those two in that eight nine matchup. And if people don't know, the nine team has to beat the eight team twice to advance. Uh, and I think the and Blazers within will, four games, right? Right. And yeah. I think they will be Yeah. At, what is it, two and a half games right now between yeah, the two? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they will be, and then, but there's a lot of hype around the Blazers right now because they've got uh, Collins back and Nurkic back, and a uh, uh, fired up Lillard and McCollum, and that's a really and Carmelo looks better. 
Or, or Canelo's looking slim. He is looking slim. So I think they're an interesting story. But Memphis is kind of this again, kind of a misfit team. And John Morant with the, you know, with trying to prove everybody wrong will be a fascinating watch. And I don't I don't think the Blazers will get through Memphis. I, I think Memphis will get them at least once there if they play. And uh, but that'll be a fascinating battle. I don't know if there will be the playoff on the east side. It will, it will be far less interesting because right. the Nets and the Wizards have essentially punted on the year. So, okay, so that kind of plays into my next one, and it, it just along that same line. And the reality is the reason that they're doing this, and I think that we all can admit it, is to try and get Zion in the bubble as long as yeah. they possibly can. Yeah, there's it, another one in the West. Good point. I didn't, think, I didn't even mention the Pels. Yeah. And I, and I think – this is an opportunity. So you mentioned it before with LeBron. Like LeBron is getting older. They need a, someone to emerge as who's going to be the next face of the league, you know. Uh, and I mean, it could be it could be Anthony Davis. I, I guess it could be Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant, like he's getting a yeah, little bit older. Kawhi just doesn't have that nope. that that appeal appeal that you need, I guess, to like to do that. He's just so not flashy that it makes it not that exciting. Um, but then. You think about John ja Morant, Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic. Yes. Which one of those guys can emerge yes. uh, and kind of solidify themselves as like, okay, this guy is going to be the next guy that the league is really built around. And Zion's health is a serious concern to me. Um, how long he can, uh, how long he can stay healthy, because he has not shown an ability to stay healthy for a prolonged amount of time. And. Um, and he just is so big, dude. He is. Like, it, it, it really Wide. worries me. I love his yeah. talent, but it's just I'm, it concerns me how big he is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, man, John and Luca are so fun to watch. Like, yeah. I know Zion get the headlines because the, the freak show he is, but those two NBA is in good shape. And, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Giannis is only 24 or 25. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, that's true. There, he's got a lot of years left, but I think – this is the showcase for those three, and I totally agree. And that's why this bubble is going to work because those all three need to make a name for themselves in a way. No, I think all three can. I think Zion will get some more play early, but I don't see them making noise. I don't see them making in the playoffs. And so I think it could be a quiet, a quiet exit after this first eight games for them. They definitely are a lot better, though. They, mean, they were good. They no, got I, good pieces. Towards when he, future. yes, and when he was healthy uh, and roll, I mean, he, look at his numbers for this year's Zion. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's that's what's crazy is like, it would have been unfathomable to us in December to think that anyone would come even close to catching uh, to catching John Morant right. for Rookie of the Year. But Zion came back, and how well he played, it was like if he can do this for the whole year, like man, he really could catch him. He, I mean, 24.7 rebounds and two assists, seriously, for a 19-year-old kid? Like, that's wild. Now, I know they play in that crazy up-tempo system he's got. I mean, a lot of those are dunks and layups. But still, he shot at 45% from three. It's a weird shot. Supposedly, he's tinkered with it during the uh, the pandemic. But, I mean, if he can stay healthy, he's electric. And he's he's you can't keep your eyes off him. I just – I agree with you. I would have concerns. Um, and, you know, he's going to be – all out for these eight games and and he'll make it interesting mm -hmm. i like i like that team though i think i think the next two years will be fascinating with them because i like the pieces they have i mean i think that brandon ingram's a lock for most improved player 
Yeah, the problem with them, and again, when you get into the playoffs, and we'll see it. I, I mean, you saw with Alvin Gentry teams before. You can't. They don't guard like. Yeah. All their over unders are in the two thirties for a reason. Like they refuse to play defense, and, and Lonzo's not guarding. Ingram's not going to guard. Zion's not going to be a great defender. And really, the best defensive player is probably Jackson Hayes and JJ Redick. Like I was going to say, JJ Redick. They, I, and they don't. They just don't. They don't want to defend, and and until. Brandon Ingram wants to commit to that. He's just going to be, you know, a Diet Coke version of Kevin Durant. Yeah. All right. So I, I think what's your next one? I can't remember if we're on two or three. I don't know. I, so my third is uh, who do you trust in the East? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I think I this is one through six. Um, there's six that could win the East. Milwaukee is the clear favorite for me. But we've had an ongoing exchange about, you know, what about the Sixers? Like they right. – They've underperformed this year. Al Horford has not been a good fit, but maybe you get in the playoffs and he's a better fit. Can MB figure it out and be healthy? And when he's healthy, there's not a better low post guy in the game. Uh, they're fun to wa- they're fun to watch. Boston still has some potential. Toronto is still the second seed, so I don't know who to trust from there. I'm still going with Milwaukee, but that East is such a toss up, and you know I think it's Giannis's to lose but I could see six coming out of there really. Okay. So that plays into my, I mean, my number one was Joel Embiid I figured. in playoff mode after four months off. I mean, arrested Joel Embiid to me it would be scary. Should be scary to the rest of the league. I think Dude, I agree, but I just, what has gone wrong with them this year? Like they just, it seems like they, they make some progress and then they backpedal and can he and Simmons get along enough to make this work? I think the biggest problem is they just, I mean, they don't have any shooting right. like, at all. And that's what is so frustrating about it is that you've got this, I mean, I truly believe transcendent low post type player. Simmons all of a sudden acts like he wants to shoot the ball, which I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, but I will believe it when I see it. I was going to say, he, he took – I saw that he took like three threes in a, in one of those scrimmages. They said it's the first time he's ever taken more than one three in a three pointer or in an NBA game. And I was like, and, and you see the videos of him shooting at the, the blacktop out in yeah. Los Angeles at the LA fitness or whatever that is. And I'm like, and I was like, Hey, maybe the problem is that the fans in the stands, all of a sudden he's like, Hey, nobody's watching. I'm going <laughs> to shoot some threes. Uh, but that, that's why that they are interesting to me just because of, like I said, like with uh, Joel, who was rested, who has had all this time off um, to try and get healthy. Simmons is suddenly more willing to um, to play the four than what he yep. was before. Shake Milton has been pretty good for them at he the has. point. Uh, and, I, and that's why I like what they could do down the road, like with Mariel. I think that he'll fit in with that team, but he just needs to get a little bit he needs to be around him a little bit more, you know? And that's why like him being there with them, I think is encouraging. Uh, But it's just, um, they, they can't shoot the ball well enough in order to, uh, in order to win consistently. But the one good thing about having Al Horford last year, we remember, you know, remember the Toronto series and the, their plus minus without Embiid on the floor was staggeringly bad. Like yeah. they were like minus 150 points yeah. without Embiid in, in the six or seven games, whatever it was. And uh, now when you've got Horford, maybe you can stagger those minutes a little bit more to uh, alleviate a, a little bit of the, of what you lose when you take Joel off the court. 
I think that's that's completely fair, and I'll be really curious. Um, you know how how can they match up? I mean, if they're if it's them and the Bucks, let's say in the semis, which and we're forgetting the Heat and the and the Pacers, and maybe Oladipo being back will be interesting. I just I don't I I included them in the six, but they're I think they're behind the, the Sixers for me from a potential standpoint. But you would think a Simmons Embiid Horford could do an okay job on. Uh, Giannis, I know Giannis abused Horford at times in that Boston series last year in the playoffs, but Toronto was able to slow him down a bit more. I think a motivated Embiid and Simmons matching up with that guy would be fun. But again, yeah. it comes down to do they have enough shooters? I don't think I don't think they do. I mean, Tybal's nice, but you're, he they, doesn't they, shoot at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just they uh, I think they're one piece missing, and I think it's that piece that it's actually New Orleans and JJ Redick. Like they can really use. Uh, somebody like that on that roster, but we'll we'll see. I think the Sixers are fascinating out of that group, but I I also think the Celtics are too. Like, yeah, they should if Kemba's healthy, they should have enough firepower to I think get to the to the Eastern Finals and potentially um, unseat Milwaukee. But it still is Milwaukee's to lose. Yeah, and it, Boston's interesting too because you with Kemba, but then Gordon Hayward has finally started to look like himself a little bit. I mean, it, yeah. he's two full years now removed from, from the injury, two and a half full years. And just all last season, he just never looked – he didn't look like the same guy. And it seems like he – at the you know, towards the tail end of uh, the season part one, he was really starting to become himself again. Yep. Uh, and then Jason Tatum has seriously leveled up. I mean, that dude yeah. is, a, is, a, is big time. Yeah. He could put up 40 in a game. Regularly, oh, with, so without doubt, yeah. So I think he's a guy that could, you know, you need. I think in the playoffs, you need a guy that can carry you, like Kawhi did uh, for some of these teams. And Tatum is that type. Maybe not Kawhi from the all-around game, but you put him around those other guys, and I think the Celtics are dangerous. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so that was that's my number one. But uh, we we talked that picked all, everything off that bone. Yeah. So what do you got next? So my my next one uh, would be I think it's setting up this way in the West, and that's a Clippers Lakers final, yeah, yeah. which Without will just doubt. be a complete zoo all the way around. Must watch television. I mean, I think there's going to be drama. They're both in LA playing in this bubble, and all the personalities, um, good and bad, that will just make the. There, there will probably be a scuffle, maybe several Absol- in that absolutely. series. And yes. there's just so many storylines all the way around. And quite frankly, I'm picking the Clippers to win it all. I think they get through LA. I think they win the thing, but I think that series has the potential to be an all timer. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you look, so this is kind of like something that is, is often hinted about, but I don't know how, like there's not public proof of it or anything like that. LeBron and Kawhi don't like each other. Nope. I don't think like nope. at, at all. And, uh, and look I think what that Kawhi that pro- did when he was about yeah. to join a team this off season. Right. And I think that um, some of that probably even stems back to whatever that was, 2014, you know. I mean, I think that, that this has been a long-running thing where it's not like they hate each other, but I don't think that they're, they're definitely not the best of friends. Oh. And, um, and then the, when the Lakers have some guys that can just get under your skin a little bit, but the Clippers have the best get-under-your-skin guy in the entire NBA and Patrick Beverly, who also right. will have the, the white tee market on lock. Uh, selling all the you know uh, selling all the white tees out of his hotel room, 
uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. An entrepreneur. But, um, that's why I, I think that that, that series, it will, if it did not go seven games, that would really surprise me because I think they're really evenly matched. Just, just when you look at all the talent and every game would be close, I think. And to make matters even better, the Clippers right before the pandemic acquired, or maybe during the pandemic, Marcus Morris, who is yeah. like instigator number one. Yeah. Well, and the Lakers have Markeith, don't they? And they have Markeith, yeah. yeah. That's right. So, so just, man, like, at some yeah. point, there, just, there's the potential for just madness in that series. All the way, I mean, there, there are some unstable individuals in that series that are, are going to make this very interesting. Absolutely. Um, all right, so my last thing that I had down here was, and this is, a cyclone thing. Um, obviously, Monte, seeing yeah. Monte, uh, put, you know, as best backup point guard in the league, leads the NBA in assist to turnover ratio. Uh, you know, for us to be able to watch him, he's gonna, they're going to play in some really high pressure games. They're the number two seed in the, uh, or no, three, or number three seed in the West right now. I think they're a game and a half back of the Clippers Correct. for for the two seed, uh, which means that they are going to play in some pretty important games here in the seeding process. Yes. Uh, but just being able to see him, uh, seeing George out there for the Jazz, and then, man, I think that if there's anybody um, that could have a breakout-type situation on their hands, it's Matt, Matt yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Because uh, he has played really well for them during the, uh, during the scrimmages. He was really starting to find a role uh, before the season shut down and was starting to get more run. Um, and his shooting ability could be really big for them uh, coming off the bench. Um, last year they had Danny Green uh, and, and those guys, and, and obviously Danny Green is gone. Uh, and Pascal Siakam has really, really leveled up. Uh, I think that Matt could have a, a breakout type, uh, you know, handful of games here uh, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, with that scrimmage the other day, he had five threes. Yeah, uh, he, he had 16 points in 18 minutes. He is going to play. And this is the time for guys like that because, you know, shooting is a premium when you get in these half-court contests. And I think Matt will be a factor. Uh, Monte is definitely going to be a factor, and hopefully George is too. I think Jazz are interesting. Uh, A lot of shine off them because Bogdanovich is hurt. So there's not a lot of hype around the Jazz. Maybe that gives George an opportunity to play a little bit more. And their two stars uh, apparently hate each other. (laughs) Thanks, COVID. And Rudy Gobert is to blame for all this. Yeah. Not Rudy yeah. Gobert's fault. Uh, no, I I think the Cyclones in the NBA, like, this will be fun because it's – you keep talking about it. You're waiting. And then, you know, Nader and, and has a chance to contribute a little bit for OKC. Now he's back in the bubble. Um, yeah, I, that part's the, – the great part is we get to know these guys and their in aims. We think, well, they, I think they'll be good NBA players, and they've proven to be. Yeah. Uh, and so cool. I agree. It maps the coolest story maybe of them all. Because here's a guy who worked and worked and worked, and now he's got a chance for the defending champs to play crunch time minutes uh, in his first year in Toronto and really make an impact. So excited to see that guy on the floor. Yeah, and I think, I think it'll be cool too because once we get closer to the end of the seeding games, once some of these teams have really locked in their, um, uh, locked in their, their seeding, um, you know, we could get to see Mariel a little bit more. Yeah. You know, he could get out there and get some run. You know, we could maybe see THT uh, get on the floor a little bit. He had a rough scrimmage on Monday, but uh, that was uh, – so hopefully he can stop fouling so much and, and keep himself on the court. But, uh, you know, even Deontay or, or Naz, he's down there too. Like, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me at all if those guys got some opportunities to show what they can do because I, I do think that um, – 
there's still a lot of evaluating going on, you know, and a lot of these, those guys probably wouldn't even be with the NBA team because they would still be in the G league playoffs or, yes. or would still be in the G league season when, uh, when this, you know, down the stretch run. So it's going to be a chance for someone like Mariel who had a really great G league season was third team, all NBA G league, uh, you know, or someone like Deontay or someone like uh, Taylor to um, show what they can do uh, around the, the best players in the, in the game. That's a great point. So, I mean, just think of the names that you just mentioned that are all, you know, cyclones in the NBA. So, so much progress there. And one of those guys will be a part of the playoff story. There's no question in my mind. And I think, Jared, the main thing for me is just having something on a nightly basis with that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many storylines and, It'll be fun to get lost in something rather than the news. And baseball's helped a little bit, but it just doesn't feel as much as this will feel. And I think it's just going to be great to to see how this all plays out in the strange, strange circumstances, but get lost in basketball for a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that those games tomorrow night are going to give me – probably give me goosebumps. Like it's going to, it'll be somewhat emotional, I think, just to see him back, you know. And – uh Man, then to think Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, you know, so my my birthday's on Sunday, and this is like the best birthday gift of all time, where <laughs> awesome. I can spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday watching basketball start at noon every day. That's right. And it and it will run the entire day. That's what um, they did well, is they, they yeah. scheduled those day games too, which is just, I don't know what, that just seems like a genius move. It's like the NCAA tournament in July. Right. Every day. Right. Perfect timing. I think, I, I think everyone's kind of getting – just fed up with everything, uh, all the noise in everywhere, just to have something else to concentrate on for a bit. Definitely. Perfect timing. All right, man, maybe we'll have to uh, do something like this again once uh, the playoffs get a little up. bit closer in a couple weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun, though, dude. I think that um, if you're somebody who hasn't really ever been into the NBA before, like I think this is a good opportunity for you to dive into it and just you know give it a chance because it's going to be – it's just so different. And it's just it, – it's basketball, like – low-key kind of in its purest form you know just it's just 10 dudes hooping and that's gonna be a lot of fun and, and uh, to best enjoy basketball this is a strange thing to say but you almost need it in large doses because then you pick up on all of the uh, we call it the petty nba drama yeah because they're in, i mean you can watch the game and the games are entertaining but when you pick up like you said that Kawhi and lebron don't like each other or you know Giannis and harden had a feud for a bit like there's little things here and there that when you're fully in and there's, you know, there's sports going to start to come back, but all the way till October, there's going to be some drama involved down there in Orlando. And let's hope, and I think they've done a really good job that uh, they're as well positioned as anybody for the COVID stuff to not make an impact here. Yeah. Yeah. Two consecutive uh, reportings where they had zero positive tests. I think that um, they've proven that, that what they're going to do can go off without a hitch. Just keep your mask on Dwight. Yeah, keep your mask on, Dwight, and um, no, more, when no you're out by the pool. Yeah, yeah no more chicken wings. Yeah, yeah, stay out of Magic City. Uh, that's the that's the other thing. All right, thanks, buddy. We'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks All right, everybody buddy. for listening.